Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to Rural Rockstars. Today, my guest is Simone Kane. Now, some of you might have heard of Simone. She's pretty high profile now in the rural world and even further afield. She has won many awards, including being the runner-up in the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. Uh, she was the NAB Women's Agenda Regional Entrepreneur of the Year. She's the Brand SA Flinders Education Award winner. She's also on the board of the Regional Development Australia and also on the Agri, Agri Futures Advisory Group. So she's, you know, wears many hats and she's very much a leader. And she's also the creator of George the Farmer, which some of you, if you have children, may have heard of. Now, George the Farmer is a children's book. It's also a TV series now. And it's a character that they take around to shows and various things. And Simone will talk to us all about that. But Simone is a real advocate for rural Australia and she's a wonderful leader and we met about four or five years ago as you'll hear at a leadership uh, course and I've followed Simone closely since then and we've stayed in touch and I find her really inspiring I just knew we had to talk to her on this podcast because she is the epitome of of a rural rock star for sure so Let's get into the episode and you'll hear all about Simone's story and um, some tips and some, and some, we'll hear all about her journey really. And and I'm sure there'll be some gold in there for you as well. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers. And today I'm joined by Simone Kane, all the way from South Australia. Um, Big pardon? I said all the way from SA. Yeah, all the way from SA, just half an hour behind as well. <laughs> we love that. But not behind are you, Simone, that's a, a for sure. So it is lovely to have you with me today. So Simone and I actually met, I think it was about four or five years ago now, um, in Canberra at a leadership course with the Australian Women in Ag. And I have followed Simone's journey since then and, and um, we've kept in touch and yeah, I thought as soon as I was um, doing this podcast, I thought, well, I have to interview Simone. She is the absolute epitome of a rural rock star to me. Uh, and she is the co-creator of George the Farmer, which some of you may have heard of. And so today we'll be chatting all about yeah, how she came up with the idea for George the Farmer and her experience of being a leader, which I absolutely see her as a leader in rural Australia and won a lot of awards and done some wonderful things for rural women herself. And, um, yeah, looking forward to jumping into hearing all about that. So I thought we might start with kind of did you grow up in the country? Are you from a rural area? And and where are you now? I guess just give us a little bit about that backstory and your journey of how you came to be living on a big farm. You are now, aren't you? (laughs) No, actually. I live in Panola. And, um, yeah, my husband drives the family farm, which is about, 15 k's, uh, 15 minutes away from our house here. Oh, so you don't actually live on the farm, you live in town. Yeah, we used to. We yep. used to, but we decided to um, sort of step away from that family farming environment where other 
you know, brothers and sisters were involved and do our own thing and build our own house in Panola. Um, and it's been really nice because it's been, I guess, the ease of living in town when you have kids especially, but then still being able to go out to the farm and the kids to be able to explore and, um, you know, experience that farming life as well. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's been really good and not having to run around back and forth, you know, in and out of town for school sports and all that sort of thing. (laughs) But um, I did. I grew up on a farm in Millicent, South Australia. So that's about um, 45 minutes away from where I am now, so not too far, just up the road. Mm -hmm. And my parents had a livestock transport business that they ran for about 30 years and that, that was sort of based from our home depot. So I was always... I guess surrounded by truck drivers and um, farmers and stock agents and, you know, that permanently from a really young, well, from when I was born basically um, and, you know, hear different stories um, from them when they'd always come into the depot and, and down to a house for dinner at night time and things like that. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Millicent and then went away to boarding school in Adelaide um, for year 8 to 12 took a year off to come home intending to go back to Adelaide to study photography and ended up doing an interactive multimedia traineeship in Mount Gambia, which is um, about 30 minutes from where I am now, and then didn't end up going back to Adelaide and stayed here and, yeah, married Justin 10 years later and live in Panola. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so often the way, isn't it? You sort of, it's, well, I mean, I have a very similar story and, you know, a lot of people, they move away and then they end up thinking, oh, I'll never never live back in my hometown and then yeah. here we are. <laughs> well, not yeah. quite your hometown but close, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think, well, I was always homesick so I, I did always want to come home but I wanted to go back and study photography but then when I was introduced to multimedia, I was just was blown away and I realised that's what I wanted to do but there weren't any job opportunities for me back here then. Mm. So that was back in 98. So most people were only just getting an email address and sort of getting connected to the internet back then. Um, and so I knew that I had would have to go back to Adelaide to get a job in that sort of field but then I just started freelancing and someone suggested to start your own business so I ended up doing that and then I didn't move. I stayed here and was like one of the first website developers down here. Amazing. So how old were you when you decided to just start your own business? I was 18. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, is, that really is amazing, actually, like to think of doing that at that age and have the courage to do that at that point. So also, excuse my ignorance, but when you say multimedia, what mm-hmm. do you mean by multimedia? So that was just learning all different um, forms of media. So we were doing... Um, graphic design for press, so for printing work, so, you know, brochures, posters, branding, all that sort of thing, um, touch screens, DVDs. Um, so the, the full work. Websites, motion yeah. graphics, yeah, everything, yep. Wow. And so started your own business at 18 and have built it up from there. And so how did, so the, how long were you doing that for and then how did the idea for George the Farmer come about? <laughs> so I did that for about 10 years by myself and, um yeah, it was still only me. I had a couple of other subcontractors that worked with me that were based over Australia. Um, developed my own content management system as well and um, did a lot of work for local government. So I became the first accredited website developer for um, the local government association and developed um, a heap of council websites in South Australia and then went and did all Southern Tasmania, went up and did Northern Territory. 
And then not long after that, I, and I also had a server as well, still have a server. Um, so we do hosting for emails and um, websites for clients as well all over Australia. That is amazing um, to have thought of doing that as well, like, to, you know, just to develop your own server back then too. So. Yeah. 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 So we have people manage that for us. Yeah. But when, um, you know, if a client has a problem, I'm the person that they have to call. And so when I was about to get married, I was like, I knew that we'd end up having children and I needed the backup of someone else. And I, at that stage, had been crossing over a lot with my now business partner, Ben. He was working at a um, printing house in Maricourt and he was sort of, he'd be doing the print work or branding and I'd be doing the website for the same client and we'd have to cross over and make sure, you know, all the branding was looking right. And so, um, yeah, I just floated with him. Are you ready to go out and do your own thing? Do you want to, you know, join forces? And he was ready. He'd been there for 10 years as well and he was ready to go and do his own thing. So we decided to, I closed down Earlift Media. That was my first business um, after 10 years. And then, yeah, we started Hello Friday, which now has, is in its 11th year. Um, this year it's gone so bloody quick. Mm. And, um, and that's been great. That's given Ben, you know, the flexibility of, um, being able to work from home as well and he's got three young kids and, you know, being able to help support his wife who has studied to be a nurse and a midwife through all of this as well. And so he's been able to work from home with the kids and and then, yeah, for me to have three kids as well. and um, Twins. Yeah. You've got twins as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. And, and do that from, um, yeah, just from that flexibility from home, I think, but still being able to do everything that we were doing before and um and be able to manage that and work with clients all over Australia and yeah and so it was then so you had Hello Monday was the business then Hello Friday Friday. (laughs) it was called Hello Friday because we always intended to have Fridays off oh but that hasn't happened (laughs) no never happened yeah. And then you developed, so once you got with Bet, so then, and then George the Farmer is uh, is sort of a, it, that's the two of you created George the Farmer, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's its own company on its own now as well. But it okay. did sort of just as a little sideline project with Hello Friday. Um, but when I was pregnant with the twins and my first son, George, he was about two and a half and he was absolutely obsessed with the farm. Um, you know, he'd flick through farm machinery books, those, you know, the magazines. Mm-hmm. And, um, any chance he could go out on the farm with Justin, he would go. And I was, you know, as you are when you're pregnant with your second, you're sort of feeling a bit scared of how the first one's going to take it. And and also, I guess, because pregnant with two, and I thought, I'm, I've got no idea how I'm going to cope with this because I didn't really cope that well with the first one. And I thought, now I'm going to have two. So I was worried about George and I just wanted to find something for him to fall in love with and be really passionate about and enjoy. But when I didn't have that time to, be able to spend with him and so I was trying to find farming apps and books and um anything like that and I couldn't come I couldn't um find anything anywhere except for just those old um American or English farming books where the the old farmer would be in his daggy overalls and you know they'd go and milk the cow and collect the chook eggs and that was all they really did on a farm well that's how they portrayed what happened on the farm and so I went back to Ben. And at this stage as well, Ben and I had been researching. We wanted to get into the app market, into developing apps for clients, not necessarily for ourselves, but for clients so that we could say, well, find a, 
basically come up with an idea so that we could then um, showcase the clients, you know, we can do this mm-hmm. um, if you need us to do app development as well. We can do that. Something else that you can do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Have a dabble in that too. Yeah. And um, so we were researching ideas and it was all around ad agriculture so but mainly it was like massive ideas like farm management sort of software and things like that and that was before anything was really out anyway and then I had this idea why don't we just do um a kids storybook and we'll launch and launch it as an interactive story app there's not anything on the market globally and so that's where the idea came from so we thought we'll develop this character and we called it George after George my son and George the farmer and it was just going to be this one um one story, interactive, on an app. Um, and Ben's a musician as well. So he um, came up with a song and performed that and we incorporated that in a couple of games on the app. And um, we just thought that would just tick away in the background and we'd just use that as, as, as a showcase piece but not actually, it wouldn't really go that far. Yeah. Amazing. And look at it now. So now it's not just an app, but there's storybooks. There's been a TV show as well, is there? Yeah, yep. Yep. So we've just this week um, released our eighth picture book called Vegetable Orchestra. This is it here. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And, you know, this being the rural rock star about women, like we have to get into talking about the fact that Ruby the agronomist is a girl, which we just love, but that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, so there's... Eight books. Eight picture books and a yep. board book. We've got um, George and Ruby dolls. Oh, love it, yeah. And um, we, our interactive story app we have had to take down off the um, app store because of conflicts with software and stuff um, with an Apple update and we haven't gone back to try and we basically have to start that again. Okay. Working yep. again, so we haven't gone back to that yet. Mm-hmm. It, it is on the cards though. And then we've also developed quite a paddock to plate um videos so yeah. We, yeah they're sort of seven minute videos where we sort of show the whole process from say planting a um, potato seed through to harvest and then we go into the kitchen and we make some wacky veggies we've just started filming our next video um which is on dairy and we've got about another seven videos that we'll be producing coming forward in this next um 12 months and we've got it so and all of those are um, available to watch free on YouTube um, if you just search for George the Farmer YouTube uh, and they're also on ABC iView as well you can watch them there. So amazing and the work that that's doing for like promoting agriculture and education around agriculture and all that sort of stuff is just yeah so awesome and and for kids and the way you've done it is just I just love it it's just, it's just such a good story and it's been such a um you know, such a good example of what you can do in agriculture in a really positive way to share the message of agriculture. I just love that. Yeah. And you, you also do, like, go around to shows, you go to, the, like, the Royal Easter show and that sort of thing with George as an actual character that you can, mm-hmm. and he does a show and stuff as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we've got a big life-size George and yeah. um, the events, I guess, especially the last 12 months have totally petered off. But um, yeah. But prior to that, we were travelling a lot with George. We were sort of going every, I don't know, two or three weeks we'd be off. Um, Sydney, uh, not not Sydney, but New South Wales, um, Victoria, wherever, um, performing. And we had like a 30-minute show where we had about seven or eight different songs that we would do and we'd do a live book reading and dancing and stuff like that with the kids and they all got up and danced with us and, yeah, it was it's a lot just, of fun. It's, it's amazing to think what you've created. And, and I guess what I'd love to ask you about is 
there's a lot in what you said, but thinking back to the fact that you're 18 when you launched your first business. Now, something that I know a lot of women struggle with and I've struggled with a lot myself is the imposter syndrome and the self-doubt and like being brave enough to put yourself out there and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, I think we often overthink a lot, especially mm-hmm. once you've had kids, I don't know what happens, but some for some reason once you've had kids you as a woman you seem to overthink everything even more. But yeah. so when you're 18, like... Did you, did you really think about it or why do you think you're able to be so brave as to go and just launch your own business at 18? Do you know what I think it is? I think it's just being young and dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe there is a lot in that because you didn't overthink yeah, it. Totally. You did not overthink things when you're that age at all. And so, you know, when you oh, just start a business, yeah, I haven't got anything to lose. I don't have a family. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have, you know, anything like that. I just um, – and I had the support – obviously, if my parents, like I was still working from home, as in doing, starting up my business from home. So I didn't have any overheads. I worked in the pub at night time to, you know, um, support the business as it grew. Um, But yeah, I just, I think it is that you just don't overthink things. And that's what I think as we get older, if you think of an idea that you want to do or have a crack at something, it's just so important just to go and do it. You know, I mean, you've got to assess the risk, obviously, but don't really overthink it too much because you won't do it. It's so true. And listening to your story, like there's so many times, like you've done so many entrepreneurial things and and obviously done so many different, like, yeah, just made that decision and gone and done it. But do you find it, like, can you see a contrast that you do now overthink things more? Like, do you Mm -hmm. find that you are, so you have noticed that different? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally overthink things. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, we all do it. I mean, I think that's the thing. That's, that's what I've noticed too, talking to lots of different women, is that it's such a common thing that we do, and we hold ourselves back, that all that fear and that negative self-talk yeah. and all that creeps in. It does seem to get more as you get older, I reckon, for yeah. sure. But still, I'm incredible to do that at that age. And then, so with the George the Farmer then, like that was, I guess, you know, you were doing that with the partner. It was a whole mm-hmm. different thing. But were you, did you find that harder or because you've had all that experience was it easier to just go and launch that new business I suppose you didn't really see it developing into such a big thing then you were saying yeah no I I still don't think I mean the the imposter syndrome for me and the overthinking things has really only come in probably the last three years okay that's interesting so and what is it in relation to like still in relation to business or more like putting yourself out there on social media or oh, a bit of everything I think yep. like I think um I probably about three years ago started to unravel a little bit and I hadn't been doing any I didn't do self-care or look after myself at all and I think um that then you know that unraveling just gradually built up until you know you end up well I ended up having a bit of a breakdown and then you have to build yourself back up from there and find that confidence again and yeah I think I mean I had I was full of confidence before and I mean there were still definitely times that I wasn't confident like I even though I got up on stage and had to perform in front of people I was never someone who did that at school like I was always in sound and lighting out the back <laughs> so you know and even public speaking I don't really in, enjoy that. I always, you know, feel like giving myself a pat on the back after I do it because I do find it really difficult. Um, so it's not that I have always been really happy with putting myself out there, but I think after sort of really hitting bottom and 
you know, it's hard to sort of build yourself back up and find that confidence and especially when you're at an older age as well. Oh, yeah, that is so true and I think a lot of people will really relate to that. But I also think it's very encouraging to think that, you know, someone who's been as successful as you still struggles with this stuff. Like I I really Mm. love that about this human experience. It's so nice for people to hear that it doesn't necessarily matter where you're at in your career or what you've done. You still have these feelings or these moments and, Mm. and it's interesting you say because I was going to talk to you about sort of like well-being and ask you about how you managed because obviously you were very busy. I mean, I don't, are you still flat out or how have you learned to manage considering, you know, you were saying you had a bit of a breakdown? Mm. How, you know, how do you manage your time and do you find that you've had to learn to say no or since that breakdown, have you got better at managing that and your wellbeing, do you think? Yeah, I've definitely learned to say no and when I've been, you know, like I'd feel a bit anxious around committing to doing speaking engagements and stuff like that and so I did pull out from um, a few of those things. Um, yeah, I think just looking after yourself, like t- putting yourself first and, um, I mean, there was quite a while where I really couldn't function at all. So, uh, yeah, just had to step like that. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, you've got to put yourself first and, you, and that's the hard part, isn't it? Like, unfortunately, and a lot of the time it takes having a breakdown or getting to the point where you actually can't physically do it, that's what stops you. But, yeah, you, you've got to just put yourself first in those situations. So, I know you won the Rural Woman of the Year for South Australian runner-up nationally, is that right? So was that around that? Because you would have had a lot of engagements after that and a lot of speaking and that would have been like another layer of pressure on you on top of everything else you were doing, no doubt. Yeah, I think it was just a a whole build-up of lots of different things. Um, And, yeah, it was after that basically that it sort of started happening. But, yeah, there was, I think it was just, I was just so busy. Yeah, and I was just always, and I didn't feel. I remember a couple of people saying to me, "You should be careful. You're really busy." <laughs> and I was like, what? "I'm fine. I'm just <laughs> cruising around everywhere. It's fine." Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I was having fun. Like it was good. But then, yeah, I didn't. I mean, looking back now, it's easier to see. Yeah, I really wasn't coping very well, but yes. I didn't see it at the time. Well, it can sneak up on you too. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? You don't quite realize that. Yeah, and it's also like you sort of on one level, you're really enjoying the busyness and the hype and the, you know, mm. it's, and it's all happening and that's great. And then, but yeah, it can sort of just be that underlying and then all of a sudden it catches up with you. So mm. do you now have like, do you have a wellbeing practice at all that you, you know, or any sort of daily routine that you stick to or anything like that? Yeah. Well, I started um, getting up at five o'clock and doing like an hour of meditation and mindfulness and journaling. Love and I it. Doing, I was doing that for quite a while. I did the 5am miracle morning. and Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and then and I was doing that, and that was I was really enjoying that, and I was feeling like I was getting back on track um, with everything. And then I, uh, everything sort of around here went a bit weird with exercise and stuff, and I ended up finding that I needed to go and do exercise at around five thirty instead. So I was still sort of getting up at five o'clock and doing a little bit of meditation and having like a black coffee before I went into the gym but then yeah I sort of what got out of that journaling um and intention setting um you know you know what I'm trying to say gratitude and like yeah I know exactly what you're trying to say because I, yeah. I even flow with that as well with the journaling so like yeah. I'm really good at sticking to like the meditation and the exercise but the journaling stuff I don't know kind of like I do enjoy it like I like it yeah. it does make you feel um I don't know just more intention setting, I think, and affirmations and what you're going to concentrate on the day I find really good. 
Um, but anyway, I have got out of that, but I do think it's really important if you can do it. But what I, what I have um, probably not on a regular sort of time frame per day, but what I do still do every, you know, day or a couple of days is listen to my audiobooks, which I absolutely love on, you know, whether it's just self de- with self-development or professional development. Um, and if I'm feeling anxious or, you know, just a bit shitty, then I'll put on my headphones and I'll go for a run. I run to them as well. Like I find them really mm. to run to. Um, yeah, and I'll listen to the same book sometimes, you know, five, six, seven times. I've got a couple of favourites that I'll, you know, go back to and just, because you always get new little nuggets oh. of, it's incredible. And depending on where you're at, yeah. So like if you're listen to it, you hear something else, you're like, I've listened to this. How did I miss that the first yeah. time? It's like a completely yeah. new revelation every time you listen to it. Yeah. So, so have you got a couple of recommendations of your favourite? You can tell us. Um, my Probably my favourite that I keep going back to on a regular occurrence, um, like if I'm in between books and I haven't got a new one that I'm listening to, would definitely be Atomic Habits by James Clear. No, I love when I hear new stuff. Pretty good. It's sort of, it's a really good crossover between self-development and professional development. So, like, if you're trying to be healthy and not drink or be healthy and lose weight or or, um, make more time to do a a side project or something, it sort of gives you the motivation to get started on that or it will give you the motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it gives you tips on sort of, Breaking Bad Habits and stuff like that as well. Love it. Yeah. Um, but I love that. That one. that one I go back to all of the time when I'm in between books. It's really good. Love um, that. I love I'm trying to think of other ones I probably should have. Isn't it funny? And sometimes it can be like, I, like pod, I'm a bit the same with podcasts. I listen to heaps of podcasts and someone will say, what's your favourite one? I'm like, oh, hang on, I've got to have a think. <laughs> I'm not a massive podcast listener because I sort of find, I probably shouldn't say that actually. Should I? Oh, <laughs> I will now. It's all changing from now on. Yeah. I like it. I do like podcasts for the shorter sort of lengths, but I like, I guess, the journey that the longer books take you on. Yeah. Um, actually, that's another one that I love, The Resilience Project. You would have done that. Oh, that? yes, but I haven't read the book, but, yes, I, I know that. They're actually doing it at our local school. Like they've got Are it they? The yeah. So the, the um, listen to the audio book of that, though, because it's Hugh who runs the project yeah. who voices it, and it's brilliant. And I actually, and I like for any listeners listening to this, I just did it with my 10-year-old son who does suffer from a bit of anxiety as well, and um, he loved it. There's a little bit that I fast-forwarded and, you know, I'd suggest if anybody wanted to do it with, I wouldn't do it younger than 10 year but, um, yeah, listen to it first by yourself just to see if you would recommend it to your own child. But um, for me, what I loved about it was that it's really relatable to guys. I've, made, I've listened to it with my husband as well mm-hmm. and he really enjoyed it. I've listened to it about seven times. But, um, yeah, it's got lots of um, references to Australian cricket and AFL and rugby in it as well. And there's lots of swearing. So um, George, you know, thought that was sort of a bit funny yeah. and that he was, yeah, you know, he was being let into some sort of secret little society, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was brilliant. And we listened to it on the way to Adelaide and back, just George and I, um, last week. And he, you know, in parts was laughing, in parts he was crying. It's, uh, yeah, it's an amazing book. So is it like, does it take you sort of through the program or is it just like his story? No, the- it's his story. Yeah, his yeah. story about how he developed it and how he's found um, the ways that he 
has discovered to basically be the happiest, most resilient, mindful person that you can be. Love that because that's the goal, isn't it? Well, that's my yeah. goal. Just yeah. to be the yeah. best version of yourself and like feels, you know, the best you can. Doesn't mean you won't have crappy times and ups and yeah. downs, but like, yeah, that overall sense of feeling joy and goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely putting that one on the list. Yeah, do that. But I think going back to um, having a month, uh, you know, like a, um, what are you calling it? Like the practice, well being practice. Yeah. I think if I had have in the past, understood more about myself and others I probably would have not fallen in such a heap perhaps Mm -hmm. when I did like because I wasn't practicing anything beforehand yes you had no no well-being practice at all I mean you've been maybe exercising I was exercising yeah yeah. I always take that one for granted as well and people like exercise is really important I'm like well yes it is but obviously there's yeah that so apart from exercise you were not really doing much else to look after your self-care and that kind of stuff and you will yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it though because sometimes I guess it's like what we were talking about it's it's the hindsight and it's the taking it for granted but it's also sometimes you have to have that really low Mm -hmm. patch to realize oh hang on a minute it's like the wake-up call isn't it yeah yeah. I mean, I was the same, to be honest. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting that, yeah. But it, I know, wouldn't it be great, though? Like, look what you're doing for George, teaching him this stuff as a 10-year-old yeah. rather than having to learn it as a 30-something-year-old person going, oh, my God, I've got to sort my shit out. Like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, so good to have that resource for him and for you to be teaching that to him as well. I love that. Yeah, and he really, he got a lot out of it. And I think it's probably a book that I'll do with him every 6 to 12 months, I think. Yeah, love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's 10. Okay, well, I can start doing that with my kids as well. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, you know, I suppose that's probably, like I was going to ask you about what your biggest challenges have been, but that's that was perhaps one of your biggest challenges was that really low point where you just, you know, and I suppose also interesting, would I be right in saying that everything around you like um, kind of in, in the material world was going really well? Like obviously George the Farmer was going well, you won the Rural Women's Award, like life mm-hmm. was pretty good on the outside. Yeah, but, it was the inside that was the the real challenge, I suppose. Would that be right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that, isn't it? Like, it, it, I think that's another interesting reflection about well being. Is that like on the outside everything can seem fine? Yeah. How you feel on the inside that's really important. Yeah. Um. So just to sort of change tack a little bit. So something you know something I'm really passionate about is kind of promoting. I mean, like something that really bugs me is the tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, like how have you found that, you know, like because you're so, I mean, I just, you know, I would just like love to shout from the rooftops what you've done. It's incredible. So have you experienced the, the challenges of tall poppy syndrome, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And especially I think living in small country towns, I think, um, yeah, it's easy if something goes wrong or, you know, it's quite you're always quite quick to be put down, I guess. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it is really unfortunate, I think. It is. It's real straight. It's hard, isn't it? Because it's the yin and the yang of small country towns too because they're so supportive in one hand and then, yeah, Yeah, we just... And and Australia's so small anyway. I mean, you know, yeah, you end up knowing everyone everywhere. Like it doesn't take long to sort of, especially if you go and go and travel for a little bit for work, you end up knowing people all over the place who knows someone who knows someone um so it's not just really just small country town I guess but I've had a lot of support a lot of support yes. more support than what I've had being knocked down but yes it does happen and I guess yeah. that sort of um also um plays against your confidence um and you know 
um, helps influence how much of an imposter syndrome you feel as well. Absolutely. You just have to just, I guess, not worry about it, I think. Um, you can't you take do, it out. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? And I yeah. guess that's kind of like one of the reasons that sparked me to do this podcast is what I realised that if you do, especially as a woman, like if you want to speak up and you want to, you know, have be successful and be proud of it and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you actually have to have that really good foundation of well-being because there will be critics and there will be people that try to knock you down and all that sort of stuff. So you've got to have that good foundation so that you can know yourself and trust yourself and really push through that and, as you say, just not let it worry you, which is a great challenge, isn't it? It is. Yeah, but I love that. And you're obviously uh, living into that now, which we love. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought um, that's, you know, I have loved, loved, loved chatting with you, but I would love to hear, do you have something that you would like, um, you know, we always, I always like to finish with something that you recommend or, I mean, you've re- recommended a couple of lovely books for us, um, audio books, which I'm super excited about because I haven't read either of those. Um, but something else that you're loving at the moment that's just bringing you joy or that you're really loving in your, you know, realms of rural community at the moment or anywhere really, it doesn't have to be anything in particular, just something that you're loving. Uh, well, I've, I've actually really quite enjoyed after sort of, you know, a hectic couple of years trying to get back on track this past year, just being more quiet and spending more time with the family and not feeling like I have to run around everywhere. And and I think, you know, coming through that sort of self-development journey as well, um, when you start feeling better, that you just, I guess you feel more grateful for everything that has been there anyway all the time. So I've, yeah, been really enjoying being home and, and that was sort of been um, the silver lining of COVID, I guess, this year for me is that it's, it's actually been quite nice. Um, and then I guess probably locally here in our community, I'm trying to get a leadership program off the ground. Um, for Exciting. Yeah, for our, local, for our local community but also for the region. So I sort of find that we've got all of these amazing community groups in our small towns, yet none of these community groups really talk with each other. Oh, we really so we spend a whole other hour or day talking about this. Yeah. Yes. So we don't really know, you know, who um, does what and we find that a lot of these people volunteer at the same organisations and, and then as a town you need more volunteers as well. You need people to put hand, their hands up and you want younger people to get involved. So this leadership program was... Um, sort of tailored by Sarah Powell, who was also South Australian Rural Women's Award winner in 2015, um, based on her Champions Academy uh, program. So I spoke with Sarah about this and so she's developed this program that we're trying to get off the ground here and pilot in Panola and then run through our council area and then the greater Limestone Coast, which is our region. But basically it'll be bringing together all of the community groups um, to develop leaders within their own um, clubs and organisations, but really encourage entrepreneurialism and volunteerism um, with the youth of the region oh, in the town. I but yeah, concentrate more on here as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it can be. Yeah, concentrate on town so that you can like your your own sort of town, um, so that you can build that up there, and then go out to all the sort of adjoining towns and then from that bring the region up that way. Oh, I just love it. It's so topical, like, for me as well at the moment in our community too. I mean, it's the same things in all small communities. Yes, running out of volunteers, same people on all the committees. Yeah. And 
Yeah. yeah, and really wanting to have that kind of future focus as well and sort mm. of, yeah, trying to think about how you can be a vibrant community. I just love it. So I'll definitely have to talk to you about that one. That's just yeah. Um, so just trying to get that off the ground now. We've, we went for a grant which we weren't successful for, but we've got the support of our local council who, um, yeah, really wants to push forward with it. So we're just trying to still find some funding to get the first pilot program off the ground. Brilliant. And, you know, it's interesting what you say about the COVID too and the quieting down because I'm that is a very, I mean, you know, for all of us who have great quality of life and we're very, you know, safe and all that kind of stuff, it's actually been, it's a very common thread to hear people saying that they really loved, and I know my husband Tim loved it as well, he's like, I just want to go back to COVID times. <laughs> there was no commitments. Yeah. So how are you feeling, just as a follow-on question from that before we wrap up, and how are you feeling about moving forward then? Are you starting to feel, because we talked on the Spreading the Good Stuff podcast recently about how, um, yeah, like, I mean, this probably won't play until um, 2021 actually, but, like, you know, everything's kind of releasing now. Are you starting to feel the anxiety creep back in about having to go back and do stuff again or how are you managing that? Yeah, I think um, it's, I'm sort of excited but I am a bit apprehensive about it at the same time because it doesn't take long to, I, well, I don't know actually, I sort of feel like I could have one social engagement, you know, in the week and it would make me feel really busy. <laughs> not interesting yeah yeah so I guess yeah probably just be a bit more mindful of again not taking on too much I think yeah absolutely I think that's the key isn't it but there you go you're already doing it because you're already mindful of it so that's lovely. yeah <laughs> oh well Simone thank you so much for chatting with me today um I could talk to you all day like you and I could literally talk for weeks but um it's been lovely and I think there was some really good gold in that for our listeners as well and just that relatability, and I love it. And um, thank you for sharing your story with us. You're an absolute inspiration, and I'm very grateful to you for joining us today. So thank you so much. No worries. Thanks Oh, and just quickly before we go, where can everyone find you? Oh, George the Farmer. Um, yep. So georgethefarmer.com.au, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, yeah, and you can find me anywhere as well. I'm on Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Simone Kane, you know who she is. Just Google yeah. it. <laughs> we don't, we just do that these days, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much, Simone. See you. Thanks, Regina.